Perpetual Profit teaches coaching companies how to create reoccurring profit so their owners can live with flexibility and freedom. We obsess about business so you can focus on your passion. Hosted by veteran business coach and fitness entrepreneur, Chris Thorndike. What's up, uh, guys? Today, I've got Kyle from Warrior CrossFit Muscatine, and we're going to be talking through his journey in business and really arriving at a place, Kyle, that I would say, you know, when we first started, uh, a big objective is to get to a place where you feel like you have a professional career, one that you love, but one that also affords you, uh, any, like any other professional job, the income. And, you know, I'm really passionate about guys is trying to get to a to a level where we have the best of both worlds. We love what we do and the income backs it up so that we can focus on taking care of our clients and making them successful. Kyle, I think you're a great uh, role model for this. So thanks for, your, for being on the call and, and spend the time educating some of these guys out there. Yeah, of course. Cool. Uh, so today, guys, a little bit on uh, what we're going to be talking about with Kyle uh, one, we're going to get to know him a little bit better, uh, understand his uh, journey. I always think it's cool to find how people found this career. Then we're going to talk about three things that he's really grown through uh, since the year and a half we've been working together. And uh, he's got a wealth of knowledge in coming into this. He's one of my most successful uh, you know, students in our program because he's a go-getter. He independently thinks and takes things and runs with them. So Kyle, I'm excited for you to share, you know, the innovations you've even made in our program. Uh, so we're going to talk about the, the technology that he's using inside his business. We're going to talk about the training he received and the skills he has now uh, and how he's using those things. And then ultimately, we're going to talk about some of the changes he made in his uh, business from a service standpoint uh, to go from a point where he was once charging $70 less per month for his membership and uh, you'll be excited to see what he has to say about the changes he made and where he found the value to even increase those prices. So hang with us, guys. Uh, all right, so Kyle, my question for you, you know I'm a brick and mortar gym nut here. So this is what we do. This is how we deliver our service. So let's talk about how did you get involved in uh, you know, wanting to do uh, brick and mortar business? Where'd you get your start and what keeps you, you know, interested in brick and mortar gym? Uh, yeah, so I got my start um, just simply being a uh, member at a CrossFit gym, um, and you know, kind of, it's kind of the typical story. Like, fell in love with CrossFit, started doing a little bit of coaching, that type of thing. And after a few years, um, the, the the owner of the of the gym I was going to was looking to do something else, and it was just like this thing that I had fallen in love with, um, and I was starting to like, starting to pick apart some of like these business things that I thought he could have been doing better, but it wasn't my place to like really say as just a member or whatever, or like just kind of a part-time coach. So I started like and getting the ball rolling of like, well, how would I do this? So then when I had the opportunity to actually buy this business from him, this existing business, I was like, well, here's my opportunity to like put all of those things into effect. Um, and then once I was the owner, I actually just fell in love with the, with the business side of things as well. Um, not only coaching people in person, but the actually running a brick and mortar facility. I love that <clears throat> a part of this too, because uh, it's almost like you got to be a part of the business prior to owning it. So you're making all these changes in exactly. your head. I would do it differently this way. Uh, you know, that really is probably where you started your entrepreneur 
mindset is just looking for ways to improve and innovate. So that's cool before you had to take the risk. So uh, talk to me about that part. Like it's not easy to make that leap into business ownership. Did you have a full-time job and career and then transition? Like talk to me about that part. Cause a lot of people are half in. And what I mean by that is they're not in a position where they've got, you know, all of their income and they're not fully, you know, uh, working in their business. How did you make that leap? Yeah. So a little bit of luck. Uh, so one thing is I was young, I believe I was like 23 or four. Um, so I didn't have like a family. Uh, so those were, there were just some less, less obstacles in my way, but I also worked a a full-time job, but it was seasonal. So I had a couple months, two to three months off in the winter, like just straight off. Um, so I was able to one winter, like make that leap in those, in those three months. So the work I was doing before lent itself to, to that. Sweet. Yeah. At at some point, I think we all had to face that reality of like, we have the career and the passion we love, or we're just going to go work our job, collect our paycheck. And, you know, for many people out there, that, that period of time where you said, I'm going all in was probably the best time, you know, you could imagine of like excitement and adrenaline. I know I still remember this day where I was driving home after I quit my job to go full time in. And it was the biggest adrenaline rush I'd ever felt. It felt like I was just like pumped up, you know, uh, with a bunch of a pre-workout or something. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like um, just finally like cutting that tie. Like it, what is it like? It's burning the, burning the shifts, right? Where you can't, yeah. Yeah. Burn, burn the boat. So yeah, yeah, it, it does lend to, uh, a little bit of fear, but man, you channel it in the right direction and, uh, it's a recipe for success. So let's talk about that success. So one of the things that, you know, is can a constant in today's business world is technology and it's having the right tools. A lot of people feel like information overloaded, overwhelm in their business, not really understanding what to focus on. So I have found with you know, when, when we came to work together, one of the very first things we talked about was getting the right tools in place so that you had organization, that you had a system, that you had, you know, processes for doing things so you could rely on them. And uh, one of the things that I want people to know out there is when you first came to me, you were collecting as few as five leads a month. And we both know now uh, that is the lifeline to new membership and, you know, addressing attrition, but you weren't marketing minded. Now, fast forward a year and a half later, talk to me about that transition of, of coming in and saying, well, I was running this gym. I had, you know, a good grasp on the service and the class, you know, the classes, but you knew you had to change something like, how do you approach marketing now versus when you first started? Um, so, yeah, like you said, collecting five leads a month was like, that was just my best guess too. Like I had no way of tracking this. I wasn't doing any kind of like collection. That was just me being like, who have I talked to in the last month that was interested in CrossFit, right? So that was just whatever. Um, and then we, we've kind of gone through this big phase of initially, you know, we kind of started playing around with like running some ads and that type of thing. And then at one point I was just overrun with leads. Like it was actually a problem, which I think at the time I was excited about because I was like, oh man, look at all these people. And like, I was having lots of conversations, but after a month or two of that, I realized like, this isn't good either. Like this isn't sustainable. Um, It's exhausting to have conversations with 30 people um, when, you know, only a few of them are 
really serious or actually are, you know, interested. Right. Um, that was initially, you know, we went to like this high spike of leads. And now, as you know, like my focus now is like really diving in on finding the appropriate amount of leads that I need that are qualified. Can you talk to us about what that is? Because that's a massive shift from, say, a volume mindset of feeling, you know, overwhelmed and inundated with people, which, like you said, is exciting at first, but then yeah, you do that long enough and you feel like you're wasting your time with certain people. You feel like you're not connecting with your perfect client. Yeah. So yeah, talk to us about that transition into less is more. Uh, so yeah, so I think, you know, like you just said, it's exciting for a little bit and then it just led to burnt out and frustration of too many conversations with too many people who weren't serious, who ghosted you, didn't show up to their no sweat intro or phone call or whatever. And then you just naturally start thinking like, there's got to be a better way. Like I want to talk. I love to talk to people who are interested in my business, who are interested in joining and, um, you know, bettering themselves through health and fitness and everything that we offer. I love to talk to people about that, but I have to protect my time and, you know, it's more efficient to talk to people who are serious about it and people that we love to work with. Um, so I guess what was, I guess, what was the original question? Yeah. So this concept of, uh, the right people, right? Yeah. So how do you actually get to that point? Cause everyone is like, I need leads screaming. I need people to talk to, but you know, is there a perfect client out there that is waiting to find you? Or do you feel more like you have to build them and, you know, develop them? Like, how do you find your perfect client in such a, you know, uncertain, you know, I just want the price mindset of the, of the prospects out there. Yeah. So for us, it was kind of going back to the drawing board of like figuring out, you know, we kind of use the avatars of our current members. Um, who do we absolutely love to work with? Who can we tell really values our service? Who do we really value? Um, and then we kind of just started working backwards from there. Like what do all these types of people have in common? What are their what are their jobs? What are their values? And we just started painting this picture of the type of person that we have the most success with. Um, because at the end of the day, I want to have people who are going to be successful on my program, right? So it was kind of like working backwards to figure out the type of person that we can best help. Love it. So let's talk about uh, now that we have the ideal client, the perfect person that you love to work with. And you know, you've mentioned this before. I want to work with people that uh, have 50 pounds or less. I want people that are athletic and sports minded. They grew up playing sports. So you have really this thing worked down to a point where it's almost like you could, you know, uh, reach out and grab that person and um, how detailed it is. Man, if I was being completely honest, it, it took a lot of time and a lot of like mindset shifting to get to that because and I don't know, I'm sure you remember like when CrossFit was going to like this major, they, were, they had like this major health push and you know, when they, the, the infamous water jugs and that type of stuff. And that was actually moving farther and farther away from my ideal client. Mm -hmm. um, but I felt conflicted to stay in that lane, right? Like, because as a coach, I do want to help everybody. Um, but it took a while for me to realize that I can't help everybody. I have to stay in my lane and help the people I'm good at helping. And there's a certain demographic and population of people that 
I am not great at helping. And it was, it was actually kind of an issue for me for a while, like working through that in my own head to say like, Hey, it's okay. If I don't want to um, work with people in person in training that need to lose over 75 pounds. Um, because to me, that felt like I should, I'm a trainer. I, I should help everybody. Like I have a, an awesome program here that can help everybody, but just through trial and error, I just found that me and my team weren't amazingly successful at that. Yeah. And in that, in that anxiety of, uh, feeling like you have to help everyone may have been through the work that actually created this confidence that you have now, because until you narrow it down, you don't know who you're looking for, who you need to produce content for. So it's hard for you even to have a standard of people coming in. And I think the moment I saw you go through that and we really, you know, built that in, you could put it on paper, you could put it into the form of qualifying questions. Uh, you could put it on the website and it now becomes a lot easier, I think, for people to opt into who you need, not to mention when you bring it up in, you know, communicating with these people before they become a member. I don't think I realized how much it was weighing on me emotionally until I went through and clarified, uh, clarified who I want to work with, who I can best help. Then looking back on it, I was like, man, I was trying to be everything to everybody because I thought that's what I should be doing. Yeah. And like, I realized that was taking a, an emotional toll on me. Talk to me about, you know, you, you've really grown into this marketing, uh, marketing guy, right? Like, I, I don't know another term, for something, but you can have an interest and a passion for marketing uh, initially. And now you have a podcast, you're doing social media, you're doing videos, you're running ads, you know, like you're converting, you know, upwards of 30 plus people a month from your website. Like you've got an incredible way of getting people to find you. Mm -hmm. um, how are you approaching that in uh, organizing that in an owner's head with so much on your plate? How the heck do you keep it all together and, and keep it rolling? Oh, am I keeping it together? I feel like I'm keeping it rolling, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Talk about the system of saying like, yeah, why start a podcast or why go to this great length of knowing it's going to be time, energy and effort. Like how does that help push your brand into more people? Yeah. Um, it, it wasn't, I guess that hard because it just really is like who I am. And it's also who my team is. They're all like, we're very similar in that. Um, like, so one of my coaches, Shannon, she actually just, she runs the podcast. Like that's her baby. She decides who's on it, what the topics are. Um, so I could just pass that off to her. And I know that it's because we have the same values that the content that's going to be going out is in line with what we're doing here in our gym and in our program. Um, so, so delegating some of it was, was huge. Um, but it's really just, I think with like social media, you know, you, you're not sure what you're getting. People can highlight just like the best aspects of it. But for us, it wasn't hard because we're just trying to be like real. We're just trying to be real. We're just recording conversations that we have. We're recording videos of things that are going on in the gym. So we weren't trying to like make it something it's not, it's just, Hey, here's what we're doing. So it was very organic. It felt very natural. Tell me one thing. Uh, technology is a big part of Factory Forge, and we brought a CRM software in, uh, loaded it up with you know the tools, the resources, the communication side. How has that impacted your business? You know that didn't exist before. 
Can you talk a little bit on having confidence in technology and how to even organize all these marketing avenues? Yeah, well, what's what, what you're providing through that CRM is, is awesome because it's all in one place. Um, we had aspects of all of those things before, but it was, you know, it was the Frankenstein model, right? Where you needed six different programs and then Zapier to tie it all together. And then like, I don't even, I, I never actually did the math, but I mean, you know, paying for this service and this service and this service, it was probably a couple hundred bucks a month. I was spending in like these random software services to have it, to have it now all put in one spot where it's nice and organized, um, just allows us to um, make sure that we're not letting people slip through the cracks. We're following up with people um, that we said we would, assigning tasks. And it's just allowed us, because I'm not the only enrollment coach, right? I have two other coaches who do enrollment. So it's been really nice for us to be able to organize that, see each other's conversations and, and just stay organized. Yeah. It, it, you brought up a good point where it's not just about organization now, like your next chapter that uh, you, we're working through at our business level is better delegation, become a better leader and manager to the point where that is now a tool for you to look at conversations, give feedback on, you know, how they're managing the clients that your brand is ultimately taking care of. So what's really cool about the CRM is it's allowed us to systemize and be a robot where we need to be a robot, but then add the human element where we need to be a human. Love that. Yeah. It, couldn't have said it better myself. All right. Let's talk about the second thing that uh, really helped elevate you to this, you know, professional paid, uh, you know, career. And like you said, you had to take a leap of faith at a young age, but uh, youth doesn't mean you don't have to put a lot of hard work and, you know, make these changes. So I think anyone is capable of doing this. You started off with um, a system uh, for onboarding clients that after I got to know you, you weren't really happy with this particular way of serving clients. You are in many ways a group uh, coach through and through. And you, you mentioned one of the first frustrations was onboarding your clients using a personal training first model um, and you, I wrote this down. It's like, you felt like it was bottlenecking you. You didn't even want to do the sessions after time, you know, over time. And you're finding ways to offload them to your coaches, which further sent money away from you, not to you as a business. Can you talk about, you know, removing that pain and like, uh, shifting more towards a, a group onboarding model? Yeah, definitely. And so that was, you know, the, 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 one-on-one -on -one, um, model that we were using when we first started working together was like our ninth iteration of this, right? And we had just kept refining it, refining it, but it was still just trash. And we were, I was not happy with it. Um, my that? What's that? Why do you say trash? Because when you speak of it, you're like, oh, I'm so <laughs> glad I like threw that thing out. Yeah, obviously just looking back on it because like we found a much better route now so looking back on it i'm like damn like that was just a lot of waste of time and energy and i didn't enjoy doing it so i guess that's why i say trash yeah this is nothing good coming of it okay so specifically for us and because i know lots of people do like one-on-one -on -one, um onboarding and that that's completely fine but for what i like to do and for the program we deliver and the people that we want to work with we were finding that the one-on-one -on -one stuff wasn't necessary. We would provide a ton of one-on-one -on -one coaching and feedback and value in those sessions, 
but it didn't translate to the group model as well. So like, for example, we might spend an entire day teaching a press, a push press and a push jerk, and they're moving great, everything's looking good. But then like a week later when they're in class and have to perform one of those, we, we were teaching again anyway. Right. So it just felt redundant. So we ended up developing a better system to, well, really what we did is we just upped our levels uh, of group coaching. Like we just became better group coaches to be able to handle a, a little bit wider scope of person in class. Um, and that has been an, an amazing leap forward. Just um, it, it removed that bottleneck um, yeah. and we enjoy it more. And, and that, dude, this is why I love this, uh, you know, being a, gri- a, a group training model in a, a brick and mortar, I've always loved innovating the service and that bottleneck forced you to get better at your group service. When you think about 100%. it, like you had to adjust and tweak the programming, mold it and shape it into a better experience. And at the end of the day, by removing this pain in the butt, actually force you to make changes in the group for the better. And I think that was that freeing feeling you had was knowing that you probably should have did it a long time ago. And just because you're doing it one way, uh, doesn't mean you have to stay with that way forever. It's just, you needed a roadmap and a better way of looking at it that fit your individual goals. Um, so that, that's the big thing is like the skills that you gain by just revisiting what the strategy is that fits you, you end up just unlocking all these little things that are holding you back. So I think that was a big moment for me too, is just realizing that, man, you were really stressing about PT first and like, oh, we can, we can throw it out. Let's rebuild it based on how you want to do this. So that was a really cool moment. Um, And then let's talk about the money side a little bit because people's fear, and you had this too, of like, that's money coming in. I'm going to lose that. Um, what kind of emotions and, and, uh, thoughts were you going through when you made that shift financially? You know, we made some adjustments to the price points too. Like talk me through that change in price, uh, in addition to the format, because we did both at the same time. Yeah. So are you referring to like when I kind of crafted my first ICO and implementing it? So it was a struggle at first, um, and I can tell you why it was a struggle in a second, but I, I struggled selling that high ticket at first. Um, and at the end of the day, it was just simply because of like a holdup in my head that I had that for whatever reason, I didn't think I was worth it. Um, and it took, it took some work to really like put myself in their shoes and like see what I'm providing could actually do for them. And, you know, it took, it took probably a couple months before I felt really, really confident and like hey here's what we do um here's here's the price here's how it works that type of thing and just like was able to be like i have all this confidence in this program um but yeah it, it was a it was it was work at first um can i stop you there uh yeah why do you think there was that hesitation you know looking back that's not who you are now like yeah you're one of the most confident sales reps and in, in enrollment coaches i know but like where did the hesitation come from probably just um, knowing what other gyms in the area charge, um, and it, and just talking to other people about their onboarding processes and like, just, it was a lot of like other people's input, maybe not that they were like telling me, it was just like, 
I think I just had this idea in my head of like about what it should be based off of these like other outside factors that actually didn't mean anything. I was just painting myself like this weird story or like this narrative that wasn't actually real. Yeah, I can understand that. And, and sometimes you look at the landscape and you see what everyone else is doing and that's the norm. And if you go beyond that, it feels like you're doing it wrong. And mm -hmm. uh, price points can be set based on nothing other than, oh, everyone else is doing it that way. And I think that's the mold you broke. And you know, one of the things I wanna talk about, this was important in, and I still remember this conversation today, and this is the grocery store conversation where handling objections was a big part of you getting over that hurdle of, you want me to say what price? And it just kind of started clicking when you asked me this question, like, what do I say when someone asks me, how much does it cost? And my, my question to you is, what changed in your thinking to be afraid of that objection or, or fear it to now you embrace it? You know, how does that happen? What does that look like? Yeah, so specifically what you told me was retrain your brain to when you hear somebody say, how much does that cost when I'm in you know, the checkout line at the grocery store? Retrain your brain to not hear, hey, how much does it cost? And hear, hey, I'm interested in that. So it took that, that, <laughs> yeah. that third play. They're not I, actually I asking. It. Yeah. <laughs> they're not actually like, asking how much it costs. They're, oh, they're God, saying, hey, so I'm kind of interested in that. I would like to learn a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> and now uh, even applying that to text messages, right? And in, in incoming, it's like, the thing guys out there that we're talking about is they don't know what else to ask because they're not coming in with any experience in a group coaching program or a group model. You got to think of the average person, you know, they've done gym memberships. Gym is access to fitness and equipment. It has no component of a coaching element and they're just, they don't know what else to ask. They're confident in that. So in many ways, I love that you broke it down like that because a lot of people have that fear and that anxiety and that's what's stopping them from increasing rates. That's stopping them from asking the question of how do, what needs to change in my service before I'm confident uh, that I can back it up and that I can actually deliver it consistently. Um, so speaking think, of that, uh, go ahead. Well, I was gonna say, I think another big thing that helped me overcome that, um, that mindset was I was kind of in this like, do they need to pay for this service? Do they need to pay for this service rather than thinking about like, what is that result worth? Totally. Like everyone so, wants something a little bit different, but usually let's, let's open that up a little bit yeah. too. And, and I think uh, this is important for people to, to recognize is when, when we get into this pricing conversation, we say, how do we just charge for everything that we're delivering and then what we deliver produces an end result, right? So that's what we're saying. So um, <clears throat> when we first started talking about this, we created a list of everything service-wise you did, and then we put a number next to it. And we started assessing, oh, this takes time, this takes time, this takes time. And all of a sudden, the price point grew on all the things that you were doing for your members to a point where it was like, crap, I'm providing all the service of a higher price membership, but I'm only charging this. And 
let, let's dive into this because your initial coaching program when we first met was um, what one month plus three PT sessions, one hundred and two hundred two hundred dollars. Yep, one ninety nine. And now looking forward, you're more than double that price uh, with no PT sessions and. Talk to me about the sense, not only did you, you know, double the rate, did you lose anything on the service side? Did you feel like there was a drop in, uh, you know, the, the end result? No, it's better. <laughs> Why do you say that? Um, I think at some level, like the PT, like, like I said earlier, like it, people, we were selling them into this group model, but we started them with one-on-one -on -one. and it just it created this like clunkiness I feel um I think overall the entire experience is more streamlined they're you know scheduling one-on-ones and then like oh this comes up or whatever and it's like by the time that they would have got done with their three PTs to go into class like people now are already four or five sessions deep and getting that experience. So we're just able to get that ball rolling so much better. People are excited to start, right? So we can use that excitement to, to get the ball rolling. So, I mean, it's better as far as just an experience for them. Yeah, and, and at the end of the day, your product is group training. And right. it's like, we gotta go do this other thing before we do the thing you actually wanna do. And the thing I've been telling you about uh, that's gonna solve your problem. So yeah, it, it gets confusing on that level, but I love to hear that you felt like it saved you time. It was easier and it was a better experience. That's at the end of the day, that's a win-win. It's gotta be and like my, myself and my coaches are happier to do this. So like, and we're happier and it fits better. It's just like, just the whole experience is better rather than forcing it. Love it. Let, let's talk about service. Cause you know, we're all coaches and we love to geek out on taking care of our members. You know, I was talking to someone today. It's just like, I love to give and Early on in our careers, a lot of coaches give so much, they give away themselves. And it feels like, I can't get this business to work. All I'm doing is working. And often the change is increasing your rates. You went from 129 bucks a month to $200 a month, average you know, price for your membership to get in the door. How do you find $70 per month in value? Like talk to us about taking care of your clients, uh, and getting them to feel that, uh, that change. I mean, the over, I mean, this might be too broad, but just the overall experience that a member gets when they come to a class and then I don't want to use the culture, not the community, the culture that we have created, um, in the walls of my facility, and through, you know, our private Facebook group. And we use, um, we use SugarWad where a lot of people like to comment on people's and joke with people. We've just created this culture that, um, and this is what I was talking to you earlier. It's like hard to put a value on it, but it's definitely worth something. Um, so, I mean, I think just from start to finish, like the client has a better experience. Now. Let's talk about how you're building that. Cause that's not so easy. When we first met, you weren't meeting with your team on a regular basis with a format. So guys out there, like he meets regularly, weekly to go over the game plan of what the class structure is, how to improve each layer of the class. And he's building better coaches so that 
that experience on the floor, but also when you talk about culture, like you're creating that message, you're creating that mindset that when you show up as a coach, our clients expect us to be more than our local competitors. That's why we can charge 70 bucks higher premium than the, the average or who we did, you know, a year ago. The other side of it is too, Kyle, you know, a lot of people don't realize that uh, you put a lot of work into uh, guiding your team through objectives and through things that they have to, uh, to do in terms of accountability. Uh, so I think having SugarWad and having these platforms is, is good, but you guys are delivering content regularly to your members. You guys are running your class format and it shows because, man, it's like clockwork, right? You've got this system weekly of fine tuning your team when they step out on that floor. Right. Yeah. The, the, the weekly, the weekly team meeting is huge. And then uh, this is, you know, something that you really, you know, focused on was using the tech, but this is a coaching component where talk to me about holding your members accountable now, because a big part of this is following up on attendance, shooting little messages when, you know, it's necessary. Uh, and you delegate that to team members over time but you had to build the system. Like, talk to me about like being a member. Uh, is it easy uh, to drift in your membership if you're falling off track? Like what happens with that coaching experience now versus then? We just have, yeah. So we just have um, an actual system for following up with people that we feel are off track. And we've defined what off track means to us in our program. Um, and then, you know, we've refined it. We've gone through the, um, the, the, the too many touch points and then the like not enough touch points. And like, we've tried to get in that middle to where, um, what do they actually need? They don't need an automated email that says, Hey, I haven't seen you in class in three days or five days or 10 days or whatever. Like that might be a touch point you can use, but at some point, like we want to send them a text. Like we want to have that personal, um, Hey, this is, this is me. This is an automated feeling. Love it. Yeah. And, and for you guys out there that are wondering how to improve value, these are incremental things that he's done over the last year. And, you know, it's easy to say, Oh, you're just going to do this out of the gun. Like there's a lot of lessons that you, like you said, I love the struggle you, you showed of saying like, I had to work through this process of my ideal client before you could even understand what to change on your service side that they care about like what do they want from you to even see that as valuable to text message versus an automated email right and i i mean i think like what you're saying there at, at the mastery level like what it feels like we're doing is just always just like tinkering 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 and i don't it sometimes feels like we're not like going anywhere because we're just making these like tiny little tweaks and then what's nice is you know when we do our our quarterly reviews, we're able to actually look back and be like, oh no, we did, we did make progress. But when you're in the thick of it, you know, weekly, daily, it just feels like you're telling me if I just kind of make a tweak to the wording on this text, that that can make a difference. Love it. So, all right, I'm opening this up. You went in there, you know, in our last quarterly, you paid yourself nearly 10 grand in November uh, for take home. That's a massive upgrade from when we, you know, first really looked at the business as a as a way to earn a career. One of the comments you said is you feel like you found good work-life balance. And Kyle, you know, most owners work 16 hour days. 
you, you told me you wanted to fight for getting yourself on the coaching floor because you didn't need to be on the coaching floor. And I think this is really important where you said you had to stretch on one side uh, by saying over-communicating uh, to members and then pull it back. I feel like you've kind of gone through that same journey to find your unique role as owner. So yeah. kind of open that piece up as we kind of bring this to a close. Like, where do you find your best role? Like, what does your role look like as an owner moving forward? Like, how are you going to be the best CEO, the best, you know, business owner to your team and your members moving forward with your time? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, Bringing it. I feel as of right now, it's continuing to, to lead by example. Like I still do coach some classes um, and I still have, you know, various tasks around the gym that I like to do that maybe I don't, I, I could delegate, but I enjoy, I enjoy being in the, in business to a degree. Um, so I think continuing to lead by example, but then just being able to provide um, clarity, direction to my team members um, with like actionable, measurable metrics. Love it. Yeah, it's, it's you've got to uh, set the vision, but then there's also a responsibility for you to break it down in steps that your team understands. And then literally like, bowling alley analogy you're the bumpers they're the mm -hmm. bowling ball keeping them on track right love it um in closing here i hope you guys enjoyed you know kyle's experience He's, he brings a lot of experience through trial and through error and you know looking fast forward through 2021 it's been a hell of a 2019 year um what do you want to say to people out there that maybe are feeling stuck that are feeling that they're not in control of the business. And what advice do you have for those guys? Um, okay, so I kind of touched on this when we were talking here. And just personally, what I think was keeping me stuck was, so what I would tell them to do is like, do your best to try to get rid of like these outside influences that are making you make decisions in your business just based off of um, things that you think you should be doing or things that you, you think you know, whether it's pricing because of a gym down the road, or it's letting other people determine what type of client you should work with. Like you need to kind of grassroots, figure it out for yourself, who you, I mean, it sounds simple, right? Figure out who you want to be and who you want to serve. And then well, work backwards from there to, to develop a plan. Uh, and then in closing, uh, what would you say the biggest value to you that Factory Forge has been? Like, I want people to truly understand why they would even need a coach or someone like Factory Forge, uh, because you've walked the walk, you've been with us, um, and the impact on your life and business. Okay, yeah. So I think it's changed a lot in this last year and a half, because initially it was just information. You know I'm an implementer. So I just didn't know that I could implement this stuff because I didn't know it existed. So I think in the beginning, it was just a lot of like information that I was given by you and your team. Um, and then I implemented it and you guys, you know, helped with showing how to implement it, but I'm kind of a go-getter in that department. So I ran with that. Um, and then as I implemented it, and then I kind of moved into this more of a mastery level, it's been the constant, uh, the constant tweaking where I'm able to try something, 
or you know, maybe you'll give an idea, implement, here's the results. Here's how we can tweak. And it's just been that constant back and forth, right? Rather than just, I feel like if I didn't have you and not just you, but the other, other people in the group um, to bounce these ideas and, hey, here's what I found here. You should try this. Um, I just kind of like talking to myself and just guessing. Yeah, it's the, the feeling of having a plan, but also a guide through that process is going to be critical. And uh, when you put the right things in place and you have the right information, uh, it seems like you always end up forward failing and never feeling alone. So for those of you guys out there, if you want to reach out to Kyle um, and connect, uh, if you want to study his business, I highly recommend it. Where can they learn more about you and, and find you? Yeah, so you can definitely just shoot me a shoot me a, a message here. Is this streaming on Facebook? I'm assuming. Yep. Shoot, shoot me a message here. Uh, add me as a friend. Um, I'll talk to you. Uh, follow Warrior CrossFit Muscatine on Instagram and Facebook, and happy to have a conversation with anybody. Cool. Well, Kyle, thanks again for taking the time. Awesome uh, connecting with you, and thanks again. Yeah. Thanks, Chris. Hey, Chris Thorndike here. If you want to learn how to grow your company and don't want to do it alone, head on over to factoryforge.com forward slash talk. Watch our free training. You'll learn what separates the ultra successful coaching businesses from the rest. You'll learn how to generate more profit in your business on demand with predictability month after month. We'll even teach you how to increase your prices so that you can back it up and feel confident about moving forward. You'll learn how to simplify your services without giving up revenue or adding additional overhead. Remember, growing your business doesn't happen on its own. It takes someone who's been there to guide you through it. Head on over to factoryforge.com forward slash talk, watch our free training, and then schedule a call to talk more about how we can help you grow your company.